0: For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B., and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com podcast. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Katie Says Podcast, where Danny Hammett, that's me, and Katie Bowman talk about movement the tiny details, the larger issues, and why movement matters. I'm Katie Bowman, biomechanist and author of Move Your DNA. And I'm Danny Hemmett, a chronically curious movement teacher. And this episode of Katie Says is part of a series intended as sort of a study guide for the latest and quite possibly the most mind blowing book that Katie has written. And what's it called? It is called Mama Mama
0: Movement Matters.
1: And it matters oh so much already. And it hasn't even hit the, hasn't even hit the stands.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love that we're doing a
1: study group for a book that no one's read yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I got a text from someone who has read it. And I was like, he was like, I'm so glad you're doing this series because I need it. So I I almost feel like because we've done it ahead of time, as soon as the book comes out, it'll be like a cushion. It's like Mm -hmm. these podcasts are cushions. They're cushions that you could nest upon as you make your way through the book. Today, though, we're not talking about the book in general. We're talking about one piece of the book that I thought was, that's helpful. And even if you don't read the book, I find it to be tremendously helpful, which is why we're talking about it, right? Yep. It is the personal mission statement, AKA PMS. Ooh, I love
1: PMS. uh, Everyone can be
0: talking about, it's like, I've got... I've got a PMS. It's like, oh, really?
1: Do tell. So your personal <laughs> I'm mission I'm so sta- happy now I have a PMS. I'm so happy. <laughs> Everything feels better.
0: Oh, your personal mission statement. It's also, it's like, it's like in a new alignment point. So if you are excited about knowing, you know, where, how to l- measure where your hips are relative to your ankles or your knee pits are relative to your thigh bones and and, w- and where your head is and your ears are, where your clavicles, all these all these things, all these alignment points that I've put out over the last 10 years, all of them reside within the context of this alignment point, which is your personal mission
1: statement. So you're going to ask me a ton of questions because. There's going to be a lot of questions, I think, that come with this sort of thing.
0: It is. that's And that's the nature of the show. But before we get going, you brought up. The fact that the mission statement, as as when we discussed you reading Movement Matters, you're like, okay, the personal mission statement. Do you have one now or yet? Or are you still I, thinking I about it? I am still.
1: I do not have a completed one. I am working on my keywords, which is the first part of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I'm doing it by myself. Whereas mm-hmm. you said you sat down with your fam and did it. I have a little bit different family configuration because I have teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that what they think is groovy and their keywords are going to be like way different from mine. And so we'll talk about that later. But right now I am doing my own so that when I go into a group one, I have solid footing of what matters most to me.
0: Yeah. And I imagine that that's going to be a big thing, which is like my family's not on board with my personal mission statement. And it's yeah. like, well, the good news is that doesn't really matter because I think seeing that in the future will keep you from actually fleshing out your own. So it's like, there's a lot of things that you're deciding yourself. So don't use that as a deterrent for doing your own. You know what I mean? Like the fact that it's going to be hard later on, perhaps, should should not be used as a kind of a subconscious way to kind of undermine you doing your own. Because there's going to be a lot of times when you get to make your own decisions, and this is helpful. So- that's well, awesome. and I'm kind of
1: looking at it as having two: my PMS and an FMS, which yeah, is yeah. my family mission statement. So I'm going to kind totally. of put them in two categories. Totally. Yeah. Can you share one keyword?
0: One keyword. Just oh, one.
1: outdoors.
0: All right. All right. I like it. That was nature
1: was yeah. definitely one of my keywords. Yeah. So that's why I ever fresh that. Fresh air is a biggie. Exactly. That was actually when we moved from where we lived in Montana to Boulder. My husband Hmm. wasn't so keen on where we were living. And he said, can I pick where we go next? And I said, as long as it has fresh air, mountains and sunshine, I'll go anywhere. And so those are three of my
0: keywords. Well, so I think a lot of people will be like, oh, this sounds interesting. You've probably used been using some aspect of a Personal mission statement. You just didn't have it fleshed out. Right. Before. It's kind of like it's like I, I was already kind of exercising. I kind of knew like good posture, bad posture. It's just kind of vague. So mm-hmm. what you're doing now is you're just simply dialing it in to be a little bit more objective. That's all. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. You go much more in depth in the book into the PMS and the reason that we need a mission statement, like why it's so helpful to you know aligning your life. And I mentioned in our last podcast that it makes so much more sense when it comes to the stacking of your life. Mm-hmm. Like trying mm-hmm. to, because to, you can get overwhelmed with all the things you want to do. We're all, everybody's busy. Like, yeah. I don't know anybody that I talk to that doesn't say, I, you know, I'm not busy. Everybody's like, oh God, I'm so busy. There's got to be a way to, to stack it and get it all, get what we need. Could you kind of talk about how you came to realize that you wanted a personal mission statement and what creating it entailed?
0: Well, the nice thing about Movement Matters is that I, I kind of explain the process a little bit more. So I'm not going to get into that super deeply, but it started like this. I'm constantly making decisions. Constantly. And I'm not sure if it's because I'm a business owner. I'm not sure if it's because I'm being asked to weigh in on lots of things, but I can't imagine that the number of decisions I make are that much more than anyone else's. Maybe they're coming through. Maybe you're asking, you know, answering your family and maybe your employer. Well, when you work with the public and you work in in such a wide spectrum, like I just work with so many th- I mean, thousands of people, I'm being asked by a lot of different people to weigh on decisions. And I was just feeling overwhelmed a few years ago. Every time someone would ask me something special, like I'd have to like rethink through all of the pros and cons. And I had no, I had no beacon for how to make a decision any longer. I was like, mm. who am I trying to Who like, am I trying to like move my business forward? Am I trying to you know, voting, you know, like it's just like it's issues like there's just so many issues that I was constantly having to think through every single time that I had no beacon, like no true. I'd lost true north because something might be beneficial in one way, but it would be I I found myself in situations where it's like, well, that's great. That was good for my business. But I feel personally like my family just took a step back or or I had to subtract from my personal health
1: to meet this other need over here. That's probably like what every single person listening to this struggles with right now. Exactly. Yeah. So familiar. Exactly.
0: I I only know my own experience. And so maybe this has nothing to do with owning a business or working with thousands of people. This might just be our reality right now, which is you are constantly doing these pro-cons lists in your head, right? Mm -hmm. And so I just found it was really hard to make a pro and con if I didn't know what I was after, Mm -hmm. right? Like what's a pro? Like you, something could be a pro, but pros and cons, good or bad, right or wrong, they're not inherent properties as much as you need some sort of zero or beacon that you're trying to head to, right? You know, like what's a good training program? You know, well, it depends. Are you trying to be the top cyclist in the world or do you want to be able to walk 10 miles when you're 70, right? Like there are good or bad exercises for either one of those outcomes. So I was like, you know, I've Mm -hmm. got all these, everyone's got, you know, in the movement world, these training protocols and you're like super nuanced with, I'm going to increase by my run by this many times, you know, by this many seconds, or, you know, I want to be able to go stronger, harder. Like there's, there's training protocols that a lot of people are following to dial in their physical performance. And I thought, I really feel like my my life as a whole warrants the same. I need to figure out where I'm headed. What what do I value? What don't I value? So that before I say, before I make a decision, it's like, is that taking me farther away from where my goal is? And I realized I didn't know what those were. I didn't I didn't know where I was going. So I started with a personal mission statement. And and I've probably been before it had a name probably been working on a personal mission statement for the last 10 years. You know, there's lots of ideas about alignment and living in alignment and when you're in and out of life alignment. And I always felt badly when I chose something that, you know, was a good, de- like it wasn't a bad decision. I, but it just didn't, it wasn't an authentic, it wasn't a good expression of where I wanted to go, but I wasn't, mm-hmm. that's where I started. And that's where this has grown out of.
1: Well, and you mentioned in the book, too, that you had read somewhere that, you know, every every company should have yes. and every Thank organization you. should have yes. that. Is that kind of what, when it kind of clicked in, like, oh, maybe that's what yes. I'm looking
0: for? Thank you. Thank you. I forgot. I totally forgot that I wrote that in the essay. <laughs> I, was, I was in a meeting. I serve on a board of a nonprofit, and this nonprofit that was just starting, which is the Nature School nonprofit that I'm on the board, she was saying— you're bored. Your organization needs to have these principles and the principles are there. So like, for example, like we're a pretty local, natural organization. So it came time to do like a fundraiser and someone's like, oh, you know, go go to Costco and grab some hot dogs. And it was like, yeah, that felt totally out of alignment for this particular organization. Or, you know, someone was like, well, I can get some sodas donated. And it was like, We don't want to serve sodas and hot dogs from, you know, from, from the industrial food complex necessarily at this striving to connect with your community. So, you know, like it was, it was to that degree. And I was like, yeah, man, that's right. You know, like what? So she was just saying, and that was one, that was one application of it. But she said, there's all sorts of decisions that you're making every day. Who to hire, where to take money from, where not to accept money from, you know, all these things that we totally get in a bigger scale, but maybe just didn't apply ourselves. And I was like, well, man, that would be handy Mm -hmm. because if I had just even three or four things written down and I got a bunch of loose things in my head, but to have them written down, that's empowering to go, what, let me consult my, let me consult my principles on the matter, you know? And then it was really easy to go, you know, I couldn't, sometimes I couldn't even figure out what about a decision bothered me. But when I had my list, I was like, oh, it's right here. It's like this aspect of it isn't jiving. And I can see clearly an easier way to do it. Well, it seems like it'd be
1: easier to keep multiple principles and, you know, desires straight, whereas, you know, in your head, you're just like, I don't like that. That's not what I want to do. But there's all sorts of different layers that it seems like having it written down, you could keep things more, be more clear about what you're doing.
0: And it's almost like my gut had a reaction to this isn't right. This doesn't feel good. But that's not very specific. It's kind of like looking at a math problem going, I don't know if that's right. But you don't know where it's incorrect. Mm-hmm. So you can't fix it. You All you have is a vague sense of it doesn't feel good. And that's where I stopped. And a lot of times I would choose things that seemed pretty OK, but they didn't quite feel good. And then through this personal mission statement, I was like, oh, it's because I didn't break down what it is that I wanted clear enough where I could see where this wasn't taking me closer to it. That's mm-hmm. all that it is. It's a super simple, and I I have felt like, you know, like last year on our end of the year show, we're talking about where we see ourselves, and I really feel like this, this is a biggie, right? You know, this process, it's not something that you whip out in a day. No. You kind of mole on it, you know, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but it's a, it's a long process, mm-hmm. and I felt like it was just as good as going to a retreat. I feel like a lot of people are going to retreats And spending a lot of money, sometimes not on the relaxation, but the self-clarification. Right. This is an exercise in self-clarification that can be applied to every aspect of your life, including, as I'm fleshing out in Movement Matters, your movement or your exercise life. Mm -hmm. You know, who knew that your personal mission statement and your exercise program would sync up someday and, and occupy the same space in your Venn diagram? But they do. Every aspect of your life
1: really should. No, I'm psyched about it, but it is long process. I mean, I kind of sat down and just started like, okay, I'm going to write this, and and by the time <laughs> I by the time I got through my keywords, I was like, I'm done for now. Uh, like
0: a novel, you're like, yeah. I'm just going to whip through this, guys. I'll be out with some self clarification in twenty. So keep the home fires. Brilliant. I don't need your retreat.
1: I got a pencil <laughs> and paper. All right. Well, going through this, like I've read that chapter several times, and like I said, started working on my own and. I, it brings up a lot of questions, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure they're not just questions that are in Danny's head. Like, so I just I compiled a list of questions that I thought others might be thinking once they go okay. through this work or listen to this podcast. I'm gonna toss them at you for quick answers. We'll try and stay on track because I want to <laughs> I want well I want to know what you think about it and what what would be your opinion. Not like you're the goddess of personal mission statements, but you've probably encountered some of these in the past few years of working on your PMS.
0: <laughs> my PMS uh, is really on everyone's mind.
1: <laughs> <yeah. laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I know you don't want to share your entire mission statement because you could just give a couple of examples out of your own mission statement.
0: Yes. So in the book, I kind of lead you through my process and really show you lots of my particular process, but So little of my life is actually my own these days, so I've chosen not to share my exact personal mission statement, but it boils down to, and this is in the book, that it's the search of movement, responsibility,
1: fun, with, yeah. You called it service, which I thought was cool.
0: Yeah. Like, is I mean, that responsibility. Is, no, res- I see those as two different things. Okay. I see, I, responsibility to me is, and you, and you brought this up, I think also too, taking, taking responsibility means that, that to say something like, oh, I didn't know is different than like, I didn't, it didn't occur to me to go, go out and find out to know like that. There's a lot of information that we're not really assuming responsibility for because we're probably not aware that it's just like inherited or passed down. So I'm really I'm always interested. Maybe that's where my curiosity comes from and kind of like my own pursuits is like I'm interested in knowing for myself or assuming responsibility because I feel like my behavior is based on my knowledge. And if I'm not sure where my knowledge is coming from, then how could I really be taking responsibility for my behavior? So that's what responsibility is, where service is it's really important to me to be doing things that don't only benefit myself. So that's what I mean by service, that okay. a large portion of my life is doing things for the benefit of others. So that's the difference between the two. I'm sure okay. they're probably linked somewhere, but that's how I see that those two things. And, and then of course, like there's this natural that I'm, that I tax, and this is through my awareness and through my responsibility that I tax others and the environment every that I tax everything as little as possible. That's not more than what's necessary. And that's taken a long time for me to really see what's necessary and to see, wow, this is I perceive this as necessary, but really this is a byproduct of my my laziness and right. my sedentarism. And so Um, Movement Matters is essentially an execution of my personal mission statement, right? All those pieces, Mm -hmm. with the exception of I had to be very sedentary to write the book. So in that way, through my own mission statement, I perceived the value of exchanging that sedentary time for the output as maybe having a greater impact. Like it was my responsibility to write the book, I felt. Okay. And that even though I was sedentary for a period of time, that I will that the product of the book and me myself will make it up in the in the long run. That my contribution right. of service will be greater for doing so. So it's not always like you're not doing the exact same thing minute to minute. You're just thinking of like, what's my purpose here, and and how do I want to spend?
1: Well, my- yeah, your mission statement doesn't seem like it's two lines that you always have to walk inside. And it's it, like no, it's, it's like your lighthouse is what it seems yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you when you get feel lost or overwhelmed, it's your lighthouse. It's not like you have to be perfect for your PMS all the time. No. Then when you talked about you did your keywords and then you talked about how you made them into phrases, Mm -hmm. like nature was one of your keywords. But then, you know, you made it into a sentence fragment, like moving through nature.
0: Well, the process, yes, the process of writing a mission statement is you list the keywords. You just list words, list words that like embody you and then or that you embody maybe. (laughs) And then, then you kind of make phrases because like in in the book, I was like, well, nature is a keyword, but I don't really enjoy all that much. Look, looking at pictures of nature, you know what I mean? Like, so it was like, then I was to clarify what is it about this keyword? Like, for example, knowledge, books, (laughs) books, interestingly enough, was on my original list of keywords. But once you start integrate, first you, you take words and then you expand those words into phrases and then you start meshing the phrases together. And so books initially was on my list. Like I'm all about books, but it, after more reflection, it turns out like I'm more about knowledge Mm. or information. And so then I was like, wow, I like books is kind of, it's almost like the story. Like I keep telling myself like, you need these books. Well, it turns out that I don't crave books in the same way that my daughter doesn't crave high-heeled shoes. She craves adornment. High heels were like the easy way to get it. Well, I, I crave knowledge, information, and books was just like the fastest fix. It was the model that was shown to me over and over again. But since then, I've learned that there are other ways to gather knowledge that don't require Copious amounts of indoor sedentarism, other things that were not on my list. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's when I was able to clarify that it wasn't books at all, that books was actually maybe working against me a little bit, that it was information. Right. And then I was like, wow, well, I can figure out how to get more information. On the go, or in live classes, and you know, or or whatever, or sitting down and just watching. Maybe I don't always have to read a book about birds. Maybe I can just sit out in a field for two hours and dedicate those two hours of reading time to just looking at birds, where I just learn more about birds than I ever would have in the through someone else's filter through this habit slash perhaps addiction that I
1: have, which is the books. Right. Can you handle that? <laughs> when you're you're taking those phrases mm-hmm. you know that define you or that you're working on for your mission statement and you layer them on top of each other, you stack them. So you're not just, you know, you're taking a walk and listening to a podcast. So you're getting, you're moving through nature and you're gaining knowledge. And that's smart because then you've taken those two separate things, as we always talk about with the stacking your life, and you've made them both happen at the same time. Do you think when, like when you listed out the stuff in your mission statement and you began to overlap and stack them in the creation, was did that kind of lessen, was there overwhelm when you looked at all of those? Because I imagine that would lessen the overwhelm of, oh, here's all the things I want to do, but there's only 24 hours in every day. But if I stack them up like that, it would lessen the overwhelm or was the stacking initially part of what you want to do for the mission statement was like that part of was stacking one of your keywords.
0: Well, no, but I, it's a key part of the process, right? So you're not, you're trying to, you're trying to get all of your keywords into a single sentence or a couple of sentences. Really? Okay. You know, like if you look at the mission statement of a company, it's not always a huge list of principles. Eventually there becomes a couple of statements that embody all the elements of it. And so that is essentially stacking, right? When you take five to 10 keywords, and sometimes if you have a lot of keywords, you're looking and going, you know, c- could I group these words together? Would there be a single word that would maybe pick up or replace two or three of these words? So in that way, you're stacking, right? You're Okay. You're getting closer and closer. Like, I feel like my entire mission statement could probably be replaced with a single word, which would be nature. And probably that is ultimately for many people where there's just one word, but we just
1: maybe don't know it yet. How long did it take to create your what you have now for your mission statement? Well, 10 years. Right, well, like it. Okay, like your mission so statement. When the, the three years ago, when you realized you needed some sort of beacon, though, is that? Oh, I think
0: I think that you could probably. I mean,
1: if you took, you know, I'm not sure how much time
0: out there everyone has to mull on something, but I think that if you if you had the luxury of time, you could probably craft a well functioning mission statement over a weekend. You know, that's for people. Mm-hmm. Who don't have any kids who are like, I'm going to go to a cabin in the woods and make my mission statement or go, <laughs> if you take a mission statement retreat, you could probably come up with something okay fairly quickly. But the thing is it's, it's malleable. Like right. it's going to keep changing and the things that are important to you now won't always be. And I feel like, you know, this show is a lot about solutions. I tend to be a lot about solutions. So When you can see what a solution is that maybe you hadn't thought of some aspect that you haven't thought of before, you're able to modify your statement into something tighter. And so I would say that the mission statement I have now was maybe over a few days, Okay, you know, and it's a, it's not a personal mission statement. I would say that my personal mission statement is more severe is not the right word, but there's. There's less room for, it's more idealistic. Okay. Mine personally is more idealistic. When you branch out to including other people, you have to consider where those other people are with theirs and that their life's mission is not your life's mission. So then that's where a family or maybe even a partnership mission statement.
1: Okay. Will
0: vary a little bit.
1: Do you have two separate ones, like a family one and a Katie one?
0: I have a Yeah, I would say that they're less concrete. But yes, I mean, okay. definitely, you know, my kids are small. And we, as I said in the book, we involved our, our children with ours. But at the same time, you know, we're kind of responsible for steering our kids a little bit initially. So my son's mission statement would probably be eat all the sugar. <laughs> and... There's a, a steering of that, you know, that comes out through dialogue and it's like, is that really what you want? And then it turns out that maybe a more a deeper <laughs> key word of my children's ideal mission statement is that they're in control of their own lives. Like they desire control of their decisions. And so I find that super interesting. So then it kind of it makes it easier to see like, oh, I see what you desire here is control, which is why. The opposite of anything I want is maybe your natural way of invoking your own control. So then it's like, okay, well, where else can we allow you to steer your lives 100% so that you're meeting that need without having to go with a thing that actually makes you, by your own admission and demonstration, ill and upset and, (laughs) you know, and all these other things. And so, but like there, you know, my my son, when he was, we, we had these iPhones. This is a good, this is like an example of mission statement before it was like really even an action. We had, we got new smartphones before we had our first child. That was almost six years ago. And then maybe when he was two, you know, where we I travel a lot for work. And so someone's like, oh, you should get these apps, you know, for games. And I might've even said this on the show before. So we'd had a couple travel games, but he wanted to play them all the time. And I was, I was like, those are for travel. No, no, no. I was saying no, 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 no. All the time. I was like, I don't want to be the person to say no. And I was trying to explain Mm -hmm. to him, you know, and he's like, can you just take the get, get rid of the game off your phone then? And I was like, duh, it never (laughs) occurred to me. It never occurred to me. It occurred to me to say no. One thousand times. And he almost, he couldn't not ask like the desire for still mental feeding was exactly, it's no different than me sitting down to a book. I want to be still. I want to put things into my brain. He wanted the same thing. He couldn't read. This was like the perfect way to get a fix in the same way that I would get a fix all day long if someone would let me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never saw it till now. I took him off that day. He never asked again. That's cool. He's never asked again. It's never been an issue again. He's never, he had control over the situation. He utilized it. I responded Mm-hmm. And we have just done that over and over again. And like, you know, one day I'm like, you know, pick up your stuff, pick up your stuff, you know, like every parent probably. And then finally I was like, you know what I want? I go, I just want to get rid of all the things. I want to go into a cabin, just a log cabin, one room in the woods. And he was like, can I have a fireplace? And I was like, he doesn't even, he doesn't even care if we got rid of all of this stuff. Like that would be a solution for him because he's struggling to work against the environment that I have facilitated, you know, like I, like to me, I'm like, you have no idea how down regulated this environment is, but it's still upregulated significantly from like his nature. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's how we kind of blend aspects of the family mission statement, you know, where they're thinking of all of us, but it's
1: cool. How often do you check in? Do you check in with it intentionally or do you just kind of check in? Like, oh, maybe we should modify, you know, when something like that comes up. I mean, do you intentionally check in with your mission statement?
0: Yeah, I would say that I my mission statement, I think of it all the time, you know, because, again, we're making all those decisions all of the time. And, you know, it's even little things like, oh, I don't want to cook tonight. Can we just order out? It's like, oh, that's kind of against the mission statement. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. because. I'm not really tired or why am I tired? And then I look back at some choices that I made. And it's like, you know, I might have to just, the consequences are you're going to be a little tired as you're schlepping your meal. Like, because yeah. I made some other choices later on. So it's really easy to not pay attention to the consequences of my own decisions if I don't use my mission statement. So I would say that as far as, you know, I've got big central pieces of my mission statement in my head all the time. Bigger decisions pull out the piece of paper mm. and take a look sometimes when a family seems to be at odds pull out the mission statement take a look does it need to be modified you're going to find it's you know needs to be modified pretty regularly uh, certainly if you're if you're really making decisions by it i think that you're going to find that it's being modified more frequently and in the direction that you like it becoming like i said more idealistic because ideals kind of fall outside the spectrum of normal behavior until you start pointing your behavior that way. And then all of a sudden what seemed ideal like is now every day. And then it's like, well, where were we going before? It's like, great. We just, it's like transitioning. It's Mm -hmm. like minimal shoes. Like you, you here you are and you've been wearing, you know, Air Jordans for the last 40 years. And you're like, I want to go run this Canyon barefoot, right? That's the ideal. You are where you are. You've got the foot strength and mobility, shoe closet, you know, the people that you would go to school with or work with, like all of that is your, you know, what's happening in your world right now. And you make these tiny steps. But mm-hmm. then a few years later, there you are running barefoot down the canyon and you're like, I did it.
1: Those are always fun, right. fun realizations when you've yeah. achieved an ideal.
0: Yeah. It's just like so so you can start with the most ideal that's on there, but you know, you phrase it in a way that allows for some wiggle room a little okay.
1: bit. Could you guess how many times you may have modified it since you first solidified?
0: Oh, a thousand. <laughs> no, I mean probably seven or eight. Like, you know, it's movement is a big deal. So our our for us, you know, part of moving here. Moving from California, Los Angeles area to the rural area in Washington, I live now. That was an execution. For those of you who've ever read the blog post about when we were going to move this, leave this rural area, and made a decision in an hour that we were not. After having everything, everything was packed up. Everything everything was was packed packed up. up. We had a (laughs) lease. We had a lease in a new state. We Mm. had gotten rid of our house. We did everything and in an hour we're like, this decision doesn't feel right
1: wow. on the gut
0: level because it is out of, it is out of alignment for us. We, we mistakenly went in search for the thing that wasn't our true thing. It was the easier decision mm-hmm. to go than to stay. And it was like, we did this huge thing that was like, Ugh. you know, it was like this, Ugh. I'm making the noise. Cause that's what it felt like. You don't understand. <laughs> We made the decision at like two o'clock in the morning. Everything we owned had already been sold and was packed in the back of like a fifteen foot
1: like a U-Haul trailer trailer or trailer U-Haul hooked up
0: to our van. And my husband came in at like two o'clock from like we couldn't like there's so many signs. Like we couldn't get it all loaded up and it wasn't fitting. And he came back in and and like he's like, I don't ah Yeah. I don't think we should move. And I was like, you know. I don't think we should either. And you know what? There's really no consequence to saying, like there's no real consequences. It also helps you identify what a consequence is. Right. Usually the things that we perceive as really big consequences are fiscal, financial. Like the penalties are about, you know, dollars. And while that's certainly on everyone's mind and, and is a necessity to a certain extent, we usually don't see, the full picture of those dollars and why our lives cost, you know, the way that they do. And so, when you think about it, large, you know, and bigger and bigger. I was like, you know, I don't want to regret this this decision all because I'm afraid of like the financial penalty. I'll take the hit, or mm-hmm. we'll work it out. And we did. We worked it out. We found a subletter for our other place. You know, I had to subsidize it a teeny tiny amount, but I was like, so what? This is worth, you know, this. Right. You know, I I could find the value in it because. It was a decision that was really in alignment with
1: our mission statement. Well, that's kind of a good segue to the next question I had was, did you originally put anything on the mission statement that wasn't you, but that you thought maybe you yeah. should be you?
0: Yeah. That's where a lot of the revisions are. The The process,
1: uh, and this is in the
0: book, when your mission statement isn't working for you or you find that, man, I made a decision based on my personal mission statement and it still didn't work out. Then I always realized there was an element to the mission statement that was more like who other people thought I should be, who I thought I should be for others rather than my my most authentic. Okay. That's when I started. That's what the revisions mostly are. It's like, turns out I don't prioritize that at all. Or sometimes it turns out that I had definite priorities that I had been not acknowledging needs that I had been not acknowledging because I felt that they were too whimsical. Mm. And there was a big hole in my life over and over again. And then I was like, you know what? I have this need, but somewhere along the line, I learned that it wasn't a valuable need. And so I kind of squashed it. And once I started putting that knee down on paper, I'm like, it turns out that I do need this. Then lo and behold, things started stacking more really? easily.
1: Really? decisions are you gonna are you gonna say what that is or is that secret
0: i feel like i don't if it's secret it's
1: okay that's fine
0: i feel like i don't need to i feel like that right now if this resonates with you there's probably an aspect of yourself it's like dang it i do need to go on 40 day walkabout every year you know like or whatever it is some wild crazy thing that you've been told is selfish or self-indulgent or egotistical or whatever it is Write it down. These are just your words. No one else has to see them right now, and nothing. Not, not that there's anything wrong with other people seeing them, but if other people seeing them, your fear of other people seeing them prevents you from yeah. writing down the things that you need. Then lock it up somewhere and burn oh. it when you're done. Like those words that you write, you just throw them in a fire when you're done. You don't have to worry about it. It's like it's not your diary,
1: right? That's good advice. Thank you. Yeah. How well this might <laughs> this might be a really silly question. Like if you could in a couple sentences, say how it has improved your life and your family life by having this in hand.
0: Decisions are easy. And it becomes clear where to put your time and attention. I, we all are struggling, like our time and our attention is like spread thin over all of these things and I think this is what's key about movement matters is that explanation of the separation of your life from the nature of all other living things, right? It's like, it's so thin and separate and vast Mm -hmm. that what we were able to do was realize that there were key places to be putting our attention that would meet the needs that had been met by putting our attention so thin. So- For example, those of you might have noticed, like, my Facebook presence is almost nil, Mm -hmm. where Facebook used to make up a large portion of my work, my social media. Like, I engage with Facebook regularly to teach that way. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a few years. I mean, it was easy. I had kids. Like, it was easy for me to put something out, you know, and like, oh, okay, I, I got that teaching done. But then I was like, you know what? I didn't even want to go anymore. I was like, it's too much screen time. You know, I I still want to teach. Like I still wanted to teach. Teaching is, you know, important or, you know, being of service, whether it's just disseminating information or whatever. But then I was like, but I don't want to sit on the computer. I want to move. Like these people want to learn about movement. I want to teach movement. I don't want to teach movement in words anymore. So Mm -hmm. that's when I was like, okay, What have I not been doing? I have not been teaching. I've not been making movement classes available to people. So that allowed me one. So I I know that you know this, but wait. I'm going to start having online classes that are recorded. So I teach classes here in my community. They're recorded and made available for people listening, which is helpful twofold. One, I don't feel the need to have to go on Facebook and connect with people me standing in one place, looking at a screen and typing. I can go down and I can move for an hour. And now you learning, you can move for an hour too. And now my way of distributing information means that both of us get an hour of movement. That was different than me writing, you know, a paragraph on a research paper where everyone's like, that's amazing. Yes, we should move more next thing on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like it became that it became a lot of people trying to learn about movement, but not actually moving, meaning the prioritization that that constant input stream has really taken over. And I was like, well, I noticed that since teaching movement, my movement has gone down and that seems wrong and out of alignment. And so I even changed the training program. I was like, the training program, the CEUs are now movement-based. I'm moving, you're moving. We're actually moving to learn about movement. It's less theoretical, and you can see more now where you're getting it and not getting it literally, you know, within your body. And so that was a way of stacking my life using my personal mission statement to shape. My day-to-day behavior, my business behavior, as well mm-hmm. as how I am of service to others. All of that. But all I did was change one thing. I just started recording a class instead of taking that hour and working on Facebook. Okay.
1: What would you say to someone who creates very an authentic-to-themselves mission statement, but they're just overwhelmed by implementing it all?
0: You're not, well, you're not really implementing it. I mean— you're making a decision. Like, what's a decision you're going to have to make today? What's for dinner,
1: right? Well, no, I plan my meals a week in advance, so I have more time that I don't have to think about. It.
0: Okay, so, oh, so organization is th- one of my keywords. <laughs> okay, so hold on a second. So you are going to make your di- you're going to make your dinner list. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true though. You will, you're you're going to have to decide. Like, what are you having for dinner tonight? Misorganized.
1: A paleo chicken bake. With okay. eggplants. Is it
0: already made? No. Okay. So, outside is on your list. Mm-hmm. So, you have the option. Do you stay in the kitchen or do you go outside to chop something? You know what I mean? Like, it's implementing your mission statement. The work simply is keeping it present, okay. keeping your ideals present within yourself. You know, you want to be outside more, right? Outside, right. you said outside or fresh air, fresh mm-hmm. air. Um, can't, is there some aspect of what you're doing offer you fresh air? Like that's a big one for us. Like just being inside doesn't feel good anymore. It's like, why aren't we cooking things outside? Like, why don't we have dinners based around our barbecue pit? Like, right. You love outside. Why not? And this could be fun and meet your family's needs for fun or different. Like everyone is like, if say let's blend our mission statements, part of, you know, responsibility is you want to eat dinner, you need to contribute something to dinner, whether it's you pick the thing, you help go to the store to get the thing or whatever, right? That's part of, for me, teaching responsibility. So if everyone in your family, but the thing, the caveat is we're an outside family. So therefore everyone has to pick one meal. You got to go on the internet and research it, look through your cookbooks that can be done exclusively on the outside barbecue, and you have to come up with the ingredient list for whoever goes shopping, right? So that's that's a way of implementing your personal mission statement, is to make the tasks that you do regularly, moment to moment, be more in line with what you have said you are all about. Okay. Right? And I, that's that's the thing. That's what stacking your life is, is seeing... Where the things that you do like that, that the big ideals of your life that you have and the time that you've allotted for pursuing the big ideals of your life, the things that are most important to you as determined by you, you allot almost no time for. Meaning like you see your life as like this regular mashup of things that you do every day. And then there are the big ideal things that you step out of your day-to-day life to do. I'm like, your cooking dinner should align with your personal mission statement, Your choice for vacations should line up with your personal mission statement. Your donations, where you volunteer your time, where you go to school should line up with your personal mission statement. What your yard looks like should line up with your personal mission statement. Like every aspect of your life should line up with your mission statement. I suggest that everyone start with breakfast. I did this great interview with Kate Hanley and I've, I'm going to ask Kate if I can make it available. I wonder if we can get a clip from hers and put it in our podcast or maybe I'll refer that way. Miss mind body, Kate Hanley. Yes. Miss mind body, Kate Hanley. Hashtag Kate Hanley. I did a podcast with her where, you know, she was saying like, how do we, like, where do we even start or begin? I'm like, why don't we start with breakfast? It's something that you do every single day. And chances are the thing that you do every single day might be out of alignment with who you are, you know? And so Mm -hmm. like, if you can, and, and I think there there's, I was like, if you're finding something like, I remember once I posted on Instagram this, and I said this in our podcast, like I threw, I get up early, I take a walk, but I don't only do that. I pop a chicken in the oven that I've prepared the night before. And I'm not even that organized so that when I come back from an hour and a half of walk, I've got a fresh roasted chicken. Breakfast is done, mm-hmm. and someone was like, "I could never eat that for breakfast. I could never eat chicken for breakfast. Like chicken is for dinner." And I was like, <laughs> "You know what I mean?" So, so there are these boxes. I, I actually have that
1: on a bumper sticker. Exactly. Oh, anyway, <laughs> a tattoo. Chick- chicken is for dinner. Um,
0: so it was just this, like, we've got a lot of boxes in our minds mm-hmm. around how we behave. And that construct is really what's keeping you from kind of executing your largest ideals because chickens, not like my family would freak out if they didn't have what for breakfast. Like, well, then look at that. Like, is that serving you all of the way? So start with breakfast. How can you make your breakfast line up with your ideals somehow? Like, did, do you That's want awesome. to? That's awesome. You know, like it just, it's like a good starting point. So maybe what could be cool is, how about this? If you're listening to this, you can send out some keywords. It's like, how can I get more nature in my breakfast? What do I do? I throw a blanket down outside and be like, kids, your breakfast is outside, right? That's different Mm -hmm. than, we need to go outside for our health. We need to take a walk. Like they don't, they don't value health. Mm -hmm. That's not their, that's not, that's like culturally conditioned to be like, I need fresh air for my health. You need fresh air because it's self-rewarding. You know, it it makes you feel better. Like feeling good is, is what you want better than, you know, a particular count, you know, on your medical exam. So I don't really preface anything with like, here's what we're going to do. It's like, if you want breakfast, it's out there. Guess what? They want to eat. All of a sudden everyone's outside. You know, so it's, it's just more like, it's just more like that. So if you guys want to send us something like, how can I get more X, pick a keyword, how music, what if music is your thing? Like, how can I get more? I love music and I love nature. I don't know how to reconcile the two because I feel like practicing my instrument, I'm locked up or whatever. It's like, well, I was in the most awesome, like we were hiking and everyone had sticks. This whole group on the nature school had sticks. We made a rocking forest band. We were out there and everyone had percussions and there was singing and we were in the forest just banging it. I was like, banging oh my Banging your loomy
1: sticks. That's awesome.
0: Yes. I mean, tapping and it scratching the bark mm-hmm. rick, and like shaking leaves. And it was powerful because there was no part of me that wishes I was any place else getting something else. Like, That's so cool. it's, it's just that. I'm sorry to seem too like excited about this everyone if you're like too
1: Uh, (laughs) syrupy i don't think anybody's like that i don't know this whole thing is such is such a big thing i mean it's not it's not just this book it's not just it's so big and and there's so many different ways that you can go with this work and it's all very interesting well i think so it is it is otherwise i wouldn't be sitting here god i'd be like man can she ramble on about stuff but no it's very interesting to me (laughs) <laughs> well, I got 10 minutes and I got to pick my kid up at nature school, but I saw something on Instagram that I am guessing is total like PMS, aligning, <laughs> <laughs> aligning with your personal mission statement. I saw the picture of your wee little pumpkins. Oh my gosh. Weren't they the cute? They're like apple-sized Oh pumpkins. my gosh. So sweet. Grapefruit. But they're like grapefruits. We got the American Thanksgiving holiday coming up. Mm-hmm tell me what is going on with these wee pumpkins.
0: I, I don't love Thanksgiving as a holiday. It has, it it holds lots of unhappiness for me. Like it was never a relaxed time with my family. It was always a stressful time. I remember people like get, you know, dress up in your fancy clothes and you know, my mom's crying in the kitchen because the thing didn't turn out and her parents are fighting, you know, it was like, it just had a lot of weight. And also, I, I wasn't in love with the history of it either. So I just kind of eh, never really made it like it's not like a family holiday for us. I mean, it's certainly, you know, we'll have a meal or whatever, but it's not a big deal. But then I started, you know, I really I do like this idea of giving thanks. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what am I what am I truly thankful for? And I'm looking back at the mission statement and and I'm like, OK, I can do I can execute anything via my personal mission statement and feel oh, so good about it. You know, like I really feel like this is an authentic celebration. This isn't a holiday handed down to me that's celebrating something that I don't even know about, you know, doing things that I like, that are totally out of alignment with me. And, you know, I'm not going to go by, you know, like, do I want, you know, do I want to support industries that are raising animals? Like all this stuff, right? So I felt always okay doing it. But then I was like, but wait a minute, I want to give thanks. I like holding space for giving thanks. So then I decided what I'm going to do And it's kind of in celebration of Movement Matters and this new idea and this personal mission statement. It's really in the front of my mind, obviously. I'm going to create a meal that comes solely from my own labor, meaning I'm going to only I'm going to make a meal out of the foods that I either grew myself or harvested or walked to harvest where I engaged in the direct exchange of my labor for the thing, my time and attention went into procuring the things that I am most grateful for, right? Food, which is just aspects of nature and, you know, foraging and time outside and we're And I'm going to try to cook the entire thing outside. Oh, wow. And it's not going to be the traditional meal, but that's fine because the traditional meal is out of alignment with me. You know, it's not, but I am very in line with giving thanks. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, how can I do it? So I figured out a way to do it and I'm super excited about it. Now this is fun, right? This is, you know, what you, what I would go to the movies for or, or something else, you know, it's just finding another way of executing it, which well, really it's allows me to embody the thing. Super
1: cool that you're you're changing the flavor of it and reframing it from, you know, from childhood too. You know, you're turning sure. it into a very good thing, and I always love that. It's one of the cool things about being an adult is getting to redo that stuff for yourself.
0: Yeah, well, and I wasn't like, you know, I don't want to do it differently. Like that's so I look at always look at my motivation. My motivation is to do it differently than my parents did. Like I see I see that often as a primary way. And Mm -hmm. so instead of making that my focus, it's more like I want to do it the way that I want to do it. Like the way that I'm like, I'm just like my kids in that way. It's like, I have certain things that are important to me and I want to make sure that everything I do is a reflection of that. So it's just a way of reframing it. And now I'm super stoked about the, I don't know, the meal of, of grapefruit sized (laughs) pumpkins stuffed with tomatoes and some dandelions. I don't know. But it's going to be fun. And now it's fun. It's a project. It's creative, right? It's, it allows that creative outlet,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: I don't get that much of. So anyway, the end.
1: No, it's not.
0: It is. It's actually just the beginning. No, but you if ask anyone people. wants to join me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to join me, if you want to join me at all doing a dish or or just changing the way, you know, doing one aspect of, I'm just talking about specifically, you know, American Thanksgiving. If you're Canadian, sorry, your time has passed. Yes, we missed it. Yeah. If you want to just, or even just, maybe this could be part of the breakfast challenge. It's like, I think that we should make one breakfast out of food that we, even if it's only one, one time, that brings enough attention, I think, to this whole process where you're like, wow, that was totally different than all other breakfasts we had normally made where it's just like, we drove to the grocery store, we put the, box of the thing. We don't know where the stuff inside the box really came from. You know, we just paid the money that, you know, came for and then we just poured it and then just put it, you know, like where it's just kind of all your your attention hasn't really gone right. into it very much. Well, so,
1: I'm going to include your Instagram post in the show notes because okay. it's cool and if you if you join in the challenge, I mean it could be anything. It could be any part of it. Like you gave some good examples. Just you know, have a one dish that's entirely foraged or grown, hey. or get your stuff. Walk to the store. Yeah, walk, walk to the, the store and
0: get your turkey. Carry your butterball home from Safeway <laughs> on your shoulder, and you are in. You are already. And then you are post doing a picture of
1: you doing it with hashtag Movement Matters. Hashtag can, Movement Matters. We can all be part of this extravaganza.
0: Yeah, and like like I said, like it doesn't. There's like to keep from being overwhelmed, just pick a single thing, just do one tiny thing differently. You don't have to like go out and hunt a turkey, you know, like you don't have to, you don't have to do that, you know? And, and this, I mean, even if you don't eat turkey or any animal is still going like, where did that come from? Like, how do I, how do I, how can I move more? You know, if you're going to run a turkey trot, maybe put that movement, maybe put that movement to different action, you know, go volunteer on a, on a farm, you know, sure. like cranberries.
1: Like, go harvest some cranberries. Just, just think infinite, about it. infinite possibilities. Infinite, infinite. Really cool.
0: Speaking of infinite, we've gone on way too long. Yeah. Can we still order Movement Matters? Yes. Pre-order. This is going to come out still, I think, before the pre-order ends. At this point, you'll probably have to pre-order on Amazon. But okay. pre-orders help. I mean, the more pre-orders, it just it gets the book in front of more people, and I mean, even if you don't
1: bookstores. And even if you don't pre-order on Amazon, you can still get it from the publisher, right? Or is that yes. all going to be? Okay, good.
0: Well, the, yeah, you can publish, you can order from Propriometrics Press, but it'll pre-order will probably be done pretty soon. So okay. if not, all right. Amazon's your man, the man. Groovy-o. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. For more information, books, and online exercise classes, you can find me at NutritiousMovement.com. And you can find more from Danny
1: Hemet at MoveYourBodyBetter.com. Gobble, gobble, gobble. See you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hopefully you find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such.